Hey everyone, I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Scottsy Business, and today we're going to be talking about the risks and uh, the fallout of potentially leaving your crypto on a custodial wallet. This could be an exchange, a lending platform, anywhere that you do not fully control the crypto and the keys to that crypto. And uh, we'll mainly be focusing on Celsius and Solana's Sol Lend, which is currently still kind of ongoing, the fallout from that. We're going to talk about both of those and I'll briefly touch on Babel Finance and really just why I've always said, don't lend your crypto. It's not worth the risks that you need to take on to do so. And uh, here we are, you know, a couple of years after I've, I've been continually saying this, I tested all the platforms, all the major platforms like Nexus, uh, Celsius, BlockFi, Crypto.com, etc., I've made videos on why a lot of lending platforms weirdly use terms like staking when they really mean lending. I mean, like I've tested Binance as well, which does that. Uh, there's lots of examples where you can see the risks and the concerns and the misleading marketing and all these kinds of things. And all that is accumulated to where we are today, which we have Celsius, uh, which is basically totally insolvent and everyone who had money on there is pretty much screwed. They lost everything. It's just another tale as old as time as what we've always said is not your keys, not your crypto. The best thing you can do with your crypto is stake your crypto to earn. If you're trying to earn more money is to stake crypto that can be staked natively on a wallet that allows you to do so, or just, you know, holding on to crypto and just holding on to scarce assets that you believe will go up in value. For me, that's Ethereum and Bitcoin. Uh, there's a few other coins, but that's the main focus for me. Mind you, none of this is financial advice, but uh, we're going to be diving into all this today, talking about Celsius, Solana's Sol Lend, uh, and diving into all the craziness. And again, the too long didn't read is just hold your keys in a non-custodial wallet to avoid all of this terrible stuff from happening to you. Uh, it's not worth the small percent yield that you'll get. And um the general ethos of crypto has always been you want to focus on decentralization, uh, privacy, having true ownership of your cryptocurrency. That's what you need to do. I'm sure a lot of very amateur people don't quite have this figured out or like it's not something that's come onto their radar, but it's very important that you learn the basics of just getting a wallet that you can control yourself, uh, a non-custodial wallet and uh, you can manage all that yourself. I also would recommend going one step further and using a hardware wallet. For example, I use Ledger, but uh, there's many, many out there. So before uh, we dive into all that good stuff today, a quick word from my sponsor. Excellent. All right, thanks again to my sponsor. So. Let's talk about this. I mean, Celsius is uh, is quite the uh, quite the uh, troublesome project here. I mean, unfortunately, when I did my review of uh, all these lending platforms, I said I thought Celsius was the best just because they were really good with um, how quickly you could withdraw and all these kinds of things. But my final recommendation was that you avoid any kind of lending for this exact reason, because 
like, even if they're better or worse or whatever, I mean, A, it's all KYC'd. So that's already pretty unideal. Uh, B, not your keys, not your crypto. You're going to leave your crypto with them and they have the control, not you. Three, it's not insured to any degree. So you'd be screwed if anything bad happens, which is exactly what's happening now. And then four, um, clearly as we're seeing what can happen is this. So we've got the, the pinned tweet for Celsius right now, which on June 12th, they paused all withdrawals, swap and transfers. And, um, they're basically going insolvent and hopefully they'll be bought out by Nexo and some people can get some of their money back. But the reality is that I, I was correct in that you shouldn't lend your crypto because of things like these. Uh, I won't dive into all the intricacies of exactly how this played out. And you could watch uh, Copyzilla's video on that. I think it does a pretty good breakdown on how the Celsius S or CEL sell token uh, basically lost the majority of its value and people really, really got screwed with this whole thing. For me, what I'm trying to do with this video is more so focus on looking at these examples of what can happen if you lend your crypto or store your crypto in a place uh, in an exchange where it could be, you know, lost or hacked or the exchange could go bankrupt or whatever happens to be the case. This is happening all the time. I mean, we also can look at to many, many exchanges in the past where uh, like Kraken, the CEO took everyone's money. Um, I was on Cryptopia back in the day, which also went bankrupt and lost everyone's money. I had a million Dogecoin on there that I bought for about two, three hundred dollars in 2017. And uh, if I had that Doge, you know, at the peak of Doge, I would have made upwards of like 90 to a hundred thousand dollars. So, um, I fully experienced this same thing as well, but I had to learn it the hard way. I'm hoping for most people that they can just watch a video like this and learn the easy way so they don't have to lose a ton of money to uh, learn this lesson. And rather you can learn from the mistakes of others like myself and people who, uh, who've used Celsius or any of these other platforms because I won't be surprised to see a lot of other lending platforms falling uh, into the same trap, into the same issue Babel Finance, B-A-B-E-L, has also recently stopped withdrawals and uh, paused everything, and they're going through the same issues right now. Uh, Binance, even for a short time, paused Bitcoin withdrawals during this whole fiasco, uh, which was weird, weird timing for them to have that problem. But I mean, they fixed it after a few hours, but the reality is that exchanges, lending platforms, any kind of service or entity that is willing to accept your money and take it and put it in a custodial wallet that they only have access to and control over, you open yourself up to so much risk that is very anti the ethos of blockchain and crypto to begin with, that you're not trusting someone else with your funds, which is what you'd be doing in the normal fiat system with banks, et cetera. The only difference is now you're trusting them with even less reliable entities that are even less regulated and there's no insurance for your money. So you're really, really uh, just opening yourself up to all this risk for very, very little benefit. The benefit that people could get was that they were able to earn a decent interest or yield off of their crypto. Now, Taking something that doesn't produce yield and finding a way to produce yield is always a matter of increasing the risk 
of using that or holding that. So a good way to look at this is if you look at the stock market, there's only a couple ETFs for Bitcoin and Ethereum that offer yield. And you might wonder, well, how is that possible? They've massively increased their risk and they do covered calls that then offer you yield for those covered calls. That's extremely risky and uh, way, like very unideal for a very, very low dividend of Bitcoin and Ethereum when you could just hold the actual underlying asset and probably make more money just doing that. That is a great way to look at, I mean, obviously it's not even remotely similar when you use that as an analogy to uh, lending your crypto, but the idea, the underlying idea that you want to increase your yields with something that doesn't pr produce yields, the only way to do that is by adding more risk to your entire portfolio into the, the equation of how you're going to make money. So the real simple breakdown is just that you're going to take on insane amounts of risk to be able to get these kinds of uh, interest rates. And they were also fairly high, which seemed unsustainable to me. And again, I've covered this all in depth a long time ago that lending platforms are no good. And here we are. A lot of the things that I've called out in the past have ended up not going very well. I never expected Celsius, which is what I, I assumed was one of the better ones to go bankrupt. But I was always skeptical of, uh, of how this was going to play out and, and, and why people were lending when I was like pointing out all these things, like it's not decentralized at all. You don't actually have the ownership of the cryptocurrency on there. All these pitfalls as to why you would not want to be uh, lending your cryptocurrency. And I think it's, it's very telling now that we see Celsius and then Babel and we have issues with Binance and then Solana Solens now has problems. It seems anything touching the lending industry in crypto has problems. Um, I mean, even with just recently with Terra Luna, a huge part of the uh, unsustainability of that project was them offering a 20% guaranteed yield on their stablecoin through Anchor's lending protocol, which wasn't able to really get a lot of uh, borrowers against their lenders, which was needed to make it actually sustainable and profitable. Time and time again, problems in the crypto space seem to be connected to lending of some kind. So it's very, very interesting to see it play out this way. I mean, I warned people for years that this wasn't a good idea. And, uh, and now here we are today. So that's generally my take on Celsius. I mean, I'm not going to go through everything because we've got a couple other examples that I want to talk about as well, but you know, simple, simple way to avoid all this is to just hold your crypto, put it in a wallet that you control or at the, or even better in a hardware wallet to make it even more secure. The more important thing to focus on, in my opinion, and what I've always done is I've been much more focused on decentralization, privacy, anonymity, true ownership. A lot of the ethos of cryptocurrency has always been much more important to me than volatility, price, gains, profitability. Well, not profitability, but um, like how much profit I've got at the current time for whatever coin. I've always focused on the important underlying 
you know, factors of what makes something a good cryptocurrency. And I've always applied those same values to anything that I've reviewed or, you know, any of these services or anything I've looked through. I've always tried to make sure that they're aligned to those values because if they're not, if they're KYSE'd, if they're fully centralized, if they're taking your crypto and uh, keeping it themselves, all these things are completely against what a experienced intermediate investor in the cryptocurrency space who aligns with the uh, the ethos of cryptocurrency and blockchain would be involved with. So that's that's my whole take on that. I mean, you can look at many other uh, platforms like CRO from crypto.com has been tanking. Won't be surprised if they have some problems in the near future because um, they've spent so much of their earnings on marketing. They spent billions on changing um, the Staples arena to the crypto.com arena, all these different things. I will not be surprised at all if uh, they're the next one to fall. And, you know, who knows? Nexo, BlockFi, all these things might be cascading as well and uh, and failing. But who knows? I'm not here to say that that's going to happen. But I did want to make note that I'm saying now, before these things happen, that it's very, very possible. And this is more so to warn people that you should always be the one who controls your own crypto. But again, also uh, to maybe get ahead of some of these failures and uh, and just, you know, have it on the record that I, I, I think a lot of these could go down as well. But not that I, I ever would wish that to happen uh, to the many people who have stored their money on these platforms. But, you know, it's uh, it, it seems to be the case that with a lot of these lending platforms, just bad things tend to uh, surround them. But, you know, we'll see how that plays out. I want to talk now about the Solana's whole, you know, issue that they've got going on. It might already be solved, honestly, by the time this is posted. But currently ongoing is the vote and um, the debate on how to deal with this massive liquidation that they're going to have very soon. So, I'll bring up this uh, this tweet, which does a very good job in summarizing kind of what's going on. Essentially, there's going to be $170 million worth of Sol that's going to be liquidated on chain through their lending platform, Sol Lend. This could potentially crash the network um, doing it through their on-chain stuff because there's significantly way less liquidity on-chain than there is on exchanges. So to prevent this from being an issue that could potentially crash the network, uh, they've proposed that they should seize this whale's funds and then just do the trade, the liquidation for them, but doing it through a, uh, an, a, a crypto exchange instead of doing it on chain to avoid massive slippage i believe it was like something like 46 percent slippage or something around there versus like three percent and this makes sense in execution why they would want to do this but it shows two very important things a what we've always known that solana is one of the most centralized ethereum killer alternatives uh that there pretty much is out there they're extremely centralized. They're literally proposing that they're going to take funds out of someone's wallet 
and uh, grant emergency powers and control to this entity of Solana, which is mind-boggling to anyone who believed it was decentralized in any regard, um, which you really have to be drinking the Kool-Aid to, to have believed that because they've been down so many times that they've controlled and done themselves. Like they're constantly under scrutiny of their chain going down and being extremely centralized. But regardless, um, to deal with this, they've proposed that they take the person's, um, they take their funds and then they do this all themselves. And whether or not this actually ends up going through or whatever, the fact that they would even suggest this is extremely concerning and telling of the crypto lending market and how that plays out. Because this goes beyond just lending. Because it's mainly surrounding Solana, this isn't just going to be how you know lending can affect like the cryptocurrency market. This is directly going to be able to potentially tank Solana in its entirety. So not only is anything attached to crypto lending and lending services and all these things a problem, but even blockchains and cryptocurrencies in their entirety can be massively affected if they're too closely tied to these lending platforms. Again, like we saw with, uh, with UST and Terra, because it was so closely tied into Anchor and the lending protocol there, um, it tanked the entire network when it, uh, you know, when it wasn't really delivering anymore and, and, and it was completely unsustainable. And eventually that uh, sustainability ran out. So we can see that cryptocurrencies attached to lending platforms or directly involved or relying on them in some way is... Uh, extremely even more risky than just lending in general, right? Because I can take Ethereum or Bitcoin and I could lend it extremely risky to do so, but it's exponentially more risky to take something that is tied to a lending platform like Solana or Terra was. And, um, and then even if you're not lending it, you could be massively affected and impacted because while, you know, there was a lot of follow in the market with Celsius uh, it wasn't like a specific cryptocurrency that was going to, you know, be massively impacted by this. With something like this, it would just be mainly Solana that would get affected by something like this. So it's very interesting to see how the closer you get tied to a lending protocol, the more risky your entire blockchain is. Now, this is just another, you know, example of why lending is so risky Anything involved in lending is risky. And again, just reiterating that if you stick to the good cryptocurrencies that have great fundamentals and actually adhere to the values, as I keep saying, the actual true values behind blockchain and cryptocurrency, from what I believe and, and what I've been doing, you should be okay. Once you start to deviate from those principles, uh, and clearly people do that for, you know, for profit, um, convenience, things like that, you'll pay the ultimate price. And that is um, potentially losing everything that you have with these lending platforms. It should be obvious and not even need to be said, but as I've always said, 
the higher you get of an APR, the more interest that they're offering you, the more sketchy that is. How are they able to offer this interest? How is this possible? Um, Celsius offered pretty high rates and it turns out they were like lending and then taking that lent stuff and they were lending more and they were just doing all this nonsense. And, um, you know, it always comes back to how are they able to really afford these yields? I think these two uh, situations are very telling of the crypto lending industry. And uh, I'm very curious to see how everything else plays out. But at the very least, the takeaway should be that if it's not your crypto, if it's not your keys, it's not your crypto, don't store your crypto on exchanges. Don't store your crypto on lending platforms. It's the same thing. If you don't have the crypto in your wallet, it is not yours. Simple as that. And you should be in your mind fully willing that if you're going to put your crypto anywhere other than your own wallet, that you're fully ready to potentially lose all of it. And if you're not, don't. It's as simple as that. Um, like you're going to learn the hard way. I learned the hard way. Many people have learned the hard way. You do not want to learn this way. You want to just learn the simple way from seeing all this stuff and then not doing it. It's very easy. It's just the basic principle of uh, protecting your crypto and, and staying aligned with the original ethos of decentralization, um, you know, distributed chains, decentralization, true ownership, removing the middlemen, all that stuff, right? So yeah, this was just my long-winded way of saying, as I've always said, don't store your crypto anywhere other than where you have 100% control over it. Some people might be a little intimidated by this because I do understand that the good thing about storing your crypto on an exchange or whatever is if there's some issue, you could probably deal with it. Or you know, if you lose your password, you can forget your password and reset it, all that kind of stuff. When you've got your own wallet that you control, you are the only person who controls it. There's no reset password. Uh, everything is on you in terms of responsibility. That is a lot more to you know, deal with. And, uh, and I can understand why some people might not want to do that. But here's the thing. If you're going to store your crypto on an exchange, you're infinitely better off just buying a crypto ETF. Plus, I mean, here in Canada, we have tax-free savings accounts, so you won't have to pay capital gains. So way better to just have a Bitcoin or Ethereum ETF that you hold versus uh, the crypto that because also through your stock exchange, through your bank, you've got that insurance, you've got that regulation, you've got way more oversight if that's what you're looking for. If you put your crypto on an exchange, you're kind of in the worst of both worlds because now you've got your crypto and you've got all the benefits of crypto, but then you remove all those benefits. So you're taking on all the negative side and you're removing all the benefits by doing this. So you're in the worst possible position to have crypto, but then have it just stored on an exchange because you're not getting any of the benefits and you're getting all of the downsides. So do not do that. Focus on one of those two methods. I have a, a previous video where I talk about the different ways that you can acquire crypto and the benefits and negatives of doing so. As I've said, acquiring crypto through like PayPal or any kind of these 
uh, platforms that require you to leave your crypto with them is always the worst possible route you can go. It might be the most convenient, but you're always trading something, right? Like I said earlier, you're trading um, a lot of the values for crypto, like security and decentralization, all these things. You trade that and you and you get way more risk for you know something like yield and um whether it's you know you want a little bit more money so profits for yields or you want a little bit more convenience that's usually what you have what you get when you trade uh decentralization away and you massively open yourself up to so much risk and again this is the riskiest thing that you can do with your crypto is to be giving it to someone else Plus, I mean, the space is rife with scams and all these different things. The last thing you want to be doing is giving your crypto to someone else and it, it being a scam or it being stolen or hacked or any of the possibilities that, you know, have happened many, many times, right? We're not even really touching on all the exchanges that have failed in the past. We're really just talking about lending today. So this is only like a fraction of the bad things that could happen to your crypto by leaving it on any platform. So that's pretty much everything for me. Um, that was a long winded way of, uh, of saying this, but again, you know, we've got to call out these terrible, terrible projects. And, uh, the reality is this isn't much different from a lot of the other platforms. Um, you could maybe say because Celsius has their own token and stuff like that. I mean, most of the platforms do. Maybe Celsius just was worse with their management of things. But the reality is a lot of these lending platforms, you just, it's all risk. It's just so, so risky. You're way better off just staking crypto in a native wallet that can stake that crypto. So what I mean is if you have Tron, don't stake your Tron on Binance because it's really just lending. Stake your Tron on a Tron wallet that can stake or, you know, with any other cryptocurrency that you can stake, do it natively on a wallet that is related to that chain that can actually perform that function. And it's not, you know, lending or something else. Um, and you can generally tell if it's lending because the APRs will be way higher or they'll offer you an APR on something that can't like Bitcoin or a stable coin. If you can get an APR on that, that's obviously not staking it is hundred percent lending. And, um, you can stake while still owning the cryptocurrency in your own wallet to lend. You always have to give up the cryptocurrency. There's some caveat there. If you're doing like liquidity providing, or you're lending through some sort of smart contract, but at the end of the day, generally lending is a no-go and it's extremely risky and clearly it's not worth doing and uh, stop leaving your crypto on uh, any kind of entities or platforms or anything like that. Any kind of custodial wallet you want to run away from, if you have to deposit, if you have to send, if you have to transfer your crypto in, do not use that platform. Now, if it's just asking for a smart contract or something that's a little bit different, but generally the rule of thumb is that you just avoid anything that asks you to deposit your crypto uh, unless you're using an exchange to actually do some trades and you're withdrawing right after. That's a little bit different, but where you can try using decentralized exchanges, swap exchanges, do as little KYC 
and uh, depositing, like actually putting your crypto in someone else's hands as possible. You want to always retain ownership as much as you possibly can and avoid any of these kinds of issues. Now, I've also covered, you know, the many mistakes you can make in crypto in a previous video. You can go and check that out and see some of the stuff I've talked about this. I did mention earlier that I lost out on nearly $100,000 worth of Doge through Cryptopia because I left my Doge on Cryptopia and I didn't withdraw it. That was when I was very new to this space, but you know, it can happen to anyone. So, you know, don't take risks and never believe that, oh, this platform is so big that there's no way that they could do something wrong. No, there's nothing that is above questioning. And once you even get close to that idea, that's probably the most questionable thing possible because uh, you know, like we saw with Anchor, once they start guaranteeing a percent yield, you're entering that scam territory. So let me know what you guys think about this. Uh, let me know in the comments below what your thoughts are on all of this. And uh, let me know, did you lose money with this? Do you hold Solana? Did you hold uh, CEL, sell token? Uh, what do you think about all these other lending platforms? Are they as risky as I think? Am I blowing this out of proportion? You tell me. I've reviewed a lot of the major lending platforms in the past, and I've always held the notion that these are very, very risky. You do not want to be involved with these at all. Just hold your crypto. That's the best way to go about it. None of this is financial advice though, but uh, yeah, let me know in the comments below and uh, comment hashtag number one ham. If you did watch the very end, I always appreciate it when you do. I'm Scott Cunningham, aka Sconcy Business, signing off. Cheers.